Now, um, Honorable Abolaji Adiola, congratulations again. And um, Dr. Obi Ezekwesili, um, when you came up to speak, I was telling someone that I hope everybody here is ready for a proper teacher's delivery. And you didn't let us down. You didn't let us down. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Now, what we want to look at in this um, session is preparing the king's envoy for the next eight years. I know when we mention eight years now, um, Nigerians are bound to think of uh, an administration that is in and will run for second term. Yeah, I leave that thought process to you. <laughs> but right now, for the next eight years, I have a general question because I know when we talk of um, government, governance, politics, and impact, um, impact, the three of you qualify. You know, you are in that space. But for governance and politics, I know that the both of you on this side, and that is Dr. Obi and Honorable Abolaji, you are excellent in that. I mean, you know, this man here likes to say something. Uh, we cannot do something except it is by the wisdom of the elders and the strength of the youth. So, Dr. Obi is a representation of the wisdom of the elders. Uh, Abolaji Adiola is a representation of the strength of the youth. And um, when we now look at the faith base, which I believe is the foundation for whatever exploit we're going to, you know, make on earth. I see Pastor Daniel Lawande doing the bit that God has ordained him to do. So please give them all a round of applause so that you have the context of what we're talking about now. Now, the general question I want to ask in opening this is, um, we see the relentless advancement of technology. It is relentless. The advancement of technology is relentless in what is deployed and what is projected in what we can see and what is to come. However, apart from that, what are the socio-cultural developments and changes that we must be ready for and be ready to face head on to get on top of the next eight years? What are the socio-cultural changes that we should be prepared to face head on if we want to get on top of the next eight years? Now, I'm going to give a context so that it will just help us manage time. The most common use of AI now is to create a false picture of yourself. Hey. Am I right or right? Yeah. What people use AI for the most is to create a picture of themselves that is different from how they really look. What, that's why I'm asking, what are the sociocultural changes that we must face head on so that we can stay on top of the next eight years? I mean, I would like to I mean, begin with Honorable uh, Abolaji. So you just tell us quickly so we move on like that. Okay, um, thank you very much. Uh, thank you very much, LG. Thank you very much, my brother, um, P. Daniel, and to my mentor, um, Dr. Obi. Thank you very much, Ma. Yeah, no, no I, I'm fine. Okay. Yeah, it's working. Um, so... At the year when I was meant to contest for the elections, um, God gave Dr. Obi a vision to start the School of Politics, Policy, and Governance. And I'm a graduate of the pioneer class of that school. 
So when LG says uh, I, that quote, no one can win the war individually. It takes the wisdom of the elders and young people's energy. Um, we, the, the part where we are going to, it's, uh, it's really major for us. Um, thank you very much, Ma, once again. Um, in the next eight years, a lot of things are going to happen. And one of the major things that is going to happen is that we're going to see a very huge digital divide. Um, because right now, to the average uh, woman on the streets, the average man on the streets, they don't know what AI is. You ask the average person. We had a conversation on um, the um, Lagos YY Pastors Group, and Peter Nell, I, I guess you, you uh, remember that day, where they were talking about AI, where they were talking about um, chat GPT, people using chat GPT to prepare sermons and all of those amazing things. Yes, nowadays people use chat GPT to prepare sermons. And it's, it's really amazing. It's, it's a really amazing space. Then also, we're going to have um, a rise of virtual communities. Uh, there's something called Earth 2.0 now. On Earth 2.0, you can actually buy land on Earth 2.0. Um, somebody has bought Lagos on Earth 2.0. Somebody has bought Redemption Camp on Earth 2.0. Even um, the space where a co-hotel occupies right now, someone has bought it on Earth 2.0. And you already, you already have people saying that, oh, we are going to be um, electing leaders in these virtual communities. That's, that's where we are going right now. Um, these things are, uh, they sound uh, impossible, but these things are already happening. So we are going to have a rise in um, virtual communities. Then we are going to have um, ethical um, AI and autonomous systems. We are going to have... Um, systems that are going to be very, very autonomous, where LG would say, oh, I cannot come for Utah Film Conference, but there will be an hologram of LG here, and we'll be having this conversation in real time. That's the reason why um, the 5G technology is moving away from 5G onto 6G right now. So we're going to have these systems in place. Yes, we are going to have a P. Daniel stand here, and he's going to be speaking to um, people, YML, in... 100 countries of the world, and they're going to see P. Daniel stand on the stage in all of these locations. This is, yes, this is, this is the power of, uh, it's not a prophecy. These are, these are things that are already happening. And you're going to see uh, the president say, oh, okay, I'm coming, I cannot come to your state to deliver this address, but there can be an hologram that will just be there, and so far the network is solid enough, uh, I can um, project to you guys. Then we're going to have um, a shift in workplace um, workplace relationships. It, it, we are going to have a proper shift because right about now, a lot of jobs are being um, created and a lot of jobs are going. So um, until we now come into that place where we engage the power of the Holy Spirit to help us to discern what we should do part time, you might be studying the wrong course in the university. So, um, just like uh, Esther said, just like uh, Monica told Esther, who knows if you are here for such a time as this. So, what we would now All begin right. to study as courses in university will then change with respect to workplace modalities. Thank you very much. All right. Um, yeah, please give him a round of applause. Um, I know for several of us, when we hear things like this, we are only thinking of movies. But then, the movies are already becoming... Um, reality so if you are still doing jam and uh, you are saying you applied for a and they gave you b it's not everything they give you that you should collect all right so um i'm going to 
um, I'm going to let um, Dr. Obi also touch on what we should, you know, um, prepare for to get on top of the next eight years. Yeah, Emmanuel, um, Emmanuel has um, laid out the landscape. Oh, please, by Emmanuel, she doesn't mean Jesus. His second name is Emmanuel. Uh, yeah, Adeola. yeah, uh -huh. yeah. All right. uh, He's laid out the landscape that your generation will function in. Um, the era of disruptive technology uh, came along with fourth industrial revolution, and some countries have gone further and already find themselves uh, doing things that, you know, uh, uh, within the fifth industrial revolution. So for you to get a context, by the way, LG, when you said some of them that they are thinking of a uh, movie, I thought you were about to say that some of them are thinking of heaven. Because <laughs> you know, some of the people, once they hear all of the powers of disruptive technology to disrupt the world as we know it, the only thing they are thinking is, Lord Jesus, come. It's time to go. You know? <laughs> and, and Jesus is sitting there and saying, do these young ones of Africa realize that this is their best moment? A generation of Africans were here and missed the agrarian revolution. How many of you know about the agrarian revolution? You should know it. When man went beyond going to hunt and they, you know, basically agriculture came as a massive activity on the basis of knowledge better than what existed. And so the agrarian revolution led to the sufficiency of food in the world. Then came the industrial revolution. And it was incredible because it was about the invention of tools and, and equipment and the kinds of capital stock that could enable industrial activities for efficiency. Africa missed it again, wasn't part of it. Africa missed agrarian revolution, Africa missed industrial revolution. Then another generation, it was knowledge revolution because we went beyond just the uh, capital, but we went into as, uh, you know, um, a slow theory would say, levels of technology that brought greater and deeper efficiencies. Africa missed it. And then comes ICT revolution. And Africa doesn't miss it. It participates in it. It not only is participating in it, but it's actually beginning to produce some solutions. That's why, for example, the innovation of mobile money, starting with the kind of thing that the Kenyans did with Mpesa, became Africa's major contribution to the world of financial technology. Are you following where I'm going with this? Because I'm sort of saying to you that every balance sheet has a debit side and a credit side. And it would be such a shame if your generation only focused on the debit side. 
I say that there are three things that are game changers for a continent. Those two things are the things that we're talking about. We're talking about youth, your generation, and we're talking about technology, number two of the game changers. The third game changer is women of Africa. So here's the thing. If we are worried about the social cultural issues that are important for us to optimize the opportunity that technology brings to Africa, then what we must do is to say what are the mitigations to those downside risks of technology that you so uh, well articulated. So those downside risks are in the realm of some of what I spoke earlier, sound policies. Where are the sound policy makers in your generation that are now studying those courses of knowledge that would prepare us to regulate in ways that do not destroy right. the possibilities through technology. Okay. Number two, what are the regulatory systems and legal frameworks that we need? Who is paying attention to that within the realm of law? Some of you that are lawyers and are doing a bit of charge and bail at the moment, it is better for you to migrate to the sophisticated levels of lawmaking and regulatory things that would underpin the era of disruptive technologies. And for you, I can just simply say, be excited about technology, but be a sound connoisseur, as they would say, of technology as a meal that is a buffet on the table. Um, uh, okay, so uh, I'm going to just uh, put what you said now in about three lines. You see, a lot of young people are bound to think tech is about gadgets, devices, and uh, yes, yeah, solutions to a degree. But then, with what you have said now, what it means is that it is tech doesn't leave you out as someone who loves law. So that means there are going to be litigations and all of that bordering on tech, and you are going to need a tech lawyer to actually solve tech cases. LG, that is why when people have cried that AI is going to take away jobs, those who have paid attention to AI, its policy dimensions, its intersections with every other thing we do in society, have calculated that AI will actually lead to a net jobs gain for the world. It's not going to, it simply will take away some kinds of jobs. So there are some kinds of jobs that AI would make totally irrelevant. But you know what it would do? It would create a different set of jobs. And then a very important thing for those of you who are in Christ, is the fact that no technology can replace the human character. You see, character 
will be in great demand in a world of technology. So you can get all the competences in the world. You can get all the capacities in the world. But if you lack character, and I dare say to you, there are many who sit in church and say, the Holy Spirit will help me to gain character. Mm. Holy Spirit is looking at you and waiting for you to exercise character. Uh. Because it is not the responsibility of the Holy Spirit to be the one who makes a choice between what is right to do and what is wrong to do. And, you know, we, we really look, one of the reasons, one of the things, you know me, you know, you know my public image, which is that I will say it exactly as, as it is, you know. So there are some who sit in church today, and they are young people, and the mindset they already have is no different from the mindset of the decadent politicians that they are hoping will drop something for them. So all they do is <laughs> they watch where the wind blows. And, they, and then after they watch where the wind blows, they blow in that direction. My father said, you can negotiate your views when you're giving superior information on a matter. But you see your values, don't you dare negotiate your values. All In right. the world of AI, they would be looking only for people who will not negotiate their values. Because AI is coming to test the values of humanity. All right. Okay. All right. Uh, yeah, please, please. Let's give a round of applause for that. Let's give a round of applause for that. Um, uh, thank you very much for the way you have brought in the element of uh, value and character, which then takes me to uh, Pastor Daniel. Um, one question that I had on my mind while preparing for this is that as envoys who are representatives of the king, who truly never changes? I mean, we all agree that Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Um, if there's one thing you would say to everyone present here in view of the assignment that we have in a world that is increasingly divergent from the, uh, I mean, as I put it here, increasingly divergent from the values and the standards of the king whose reps we are. You know, what would you say, what would you say um, to envoys in a world that is increasingly divergent from you know, the values of the king, whose we are. Um, thank you very much, Elgin. I want to thank Dr. Hobi and Honorable Adiola for your contribution so far. Let, I, I want to start from where they stopped and I enter into this, that um, I've preached a message about the next church uh, some three or four years ago, and I spoke into some of the things that are happening currently. And one of the things I want to say to young people is that the technology will get deeper. Uh, it's going to get more challenging for your mind, but there is no software for fellowship with the Holy Spirit. There is no chat GPT for tongues. Downloading from above cannot be by a software. It has to be by the hardware of asking. 
ask, seek, knock. So as this technology are getting deeper, it's going to come after your koinonia. Rather, instead of you bowing to pressure and losing the place of fellowship, use the place of fellowship to download the technology. The person doing this technology has a mind like you, but you have an advantage of the mind of Christ. And I say something humorously. A guy was the richest man of God. A, a guy was the richest man in the world at a point in time because of the software called Windows. So if a man can become richest via Windows, what about door? So God gave window to a non-believer because all the believers, they are, maybe their mind cannot capture what is coming. Somebody, this text, there is nothing that happens that God is not the one. They, Satan cannot create anything. Satan only perverts. God is the one that releases technology. It's just that the use of the technology can be a perverted use. For example, a knife can kill. Was knife meant for killing? Knife was meant for cutting. But people have died via knife. So technology was created by God to advance his agenda and to make life easy for people. But the direction of the technology can be perverted if it's in the hand of the wrong person. So let me start by saying, believers, this is our time to download this technology. This is money looking at us. Your brain is not for only speaking in tongues. After speaking in tongues, download something. Receive spiritual intelligence to bet technologies. Receive minds like that of Daniel that was 10 times better. So you can be 10 times better than Mark. You can be 10 times better than all these guys by just taking advantage of the spiritual intelligence. Also, in the fast changing world, the gospel remains the same, but the presentation will be different. The way you will preach in 1940. Is not the way you will preach today. Presentation will change, but the gospel has not changed. Jesus died. He was buried. He resurrected. He's at the right hand of the Father, interceding for me. There is no software or AI that can change it. But guess what? The way I say it, I can say it in years ago, if you don't accept Jesus now, you will go to hell. Now, I won't come and say you will go to hell now. Even though hell is real, but the presentation will be first on... Did you, I saw a tweet say, if all of us enter hell, who Satan won't hold? Did you see the tweet? He said, ah, the place, we go take over hell from Satan, we go chase him away. If me I enter, David don't enter, Bonaboy enter, all of us enter. Wait to go. I was like, what is this? So people are already ready for hell. People, so the horror of hell are not bothering some people again, but the love of the Father can melt their hearts. So, in this season, that the fast-changing world, we will present the gospel via the technology. We will use the technology as our advantage to advancing the gospel. For example, now, a lot of people are connected to these meetings from all over the world. That wouldn't have happened some years ago. And so, if my hologram, we are having this YAC in a co-hotel, and in U.S. there's another all packed full. And my hologram is the one. Instead of them watching a screen, they are seeing me there. It's not a waparada. <laughs> they are seeing me there doing the same thing I'm doing here. So the technology is now, we are, is now being leveraged to advance the gospel. 
we will not lose ourselves in technology, but we will take advantage of technology as believers. All right. Um, uh, you see, there is, uh, we have um, more than enough to ask, and one of the um, very, very uh, beautiful thing that I appreciate about this uh, tripod of wisdom, knowledge, and strength is that there's nothing I throw at you now that you're not able to answer. Thank you for the premise of, uh, you know, being aware of what is not just coming, what is already possible, you know. And um, thank you very much for really going into technology is not necessarily, and that's Dr. Obi now, technology is not necessarily here to upend your life. No, it is only here to create new pathways for you to continue to forge forward. I really would love to see, um, I know we have uh, commercial lawyers, we have real estate lawyers. It would be nice to see technology lawyers, you know, people who begin to you know, know where to tackle the big boys in tech and know how they can favor the common man. Because it could be that for this purpose is the reason why you have been created. You know, so, um, I mean, if you're here, you can grab that. It may be for you to find a way for the common person to maximize obtainable uh, technology points in our society um, today. And um, one beautiful thing, um, which I'm going to ask, this is Yuta Flame, the fire must not go down, and that will be the closing for this panel session. And I'll start with Pastor Daniel. Um, what I want to ask is, would you agree with the premise that Technology kind of um, encourages lukewarmness. And how can that be contended with victoriously? So I'm just going to take that across board and then I'll be able to close the panel session. You are very correct. And that's why in the revolution of technology, there should be a pre-revolution teaching. And the body of Christ should not shy away. I see pastors now speaking against AI, speaking against these things that will come to be. And there is nothing we can do about it. Instead of speaking against it, can we prepare our people for it? For example now, I've joined Zoom meetings whereby I, unmute, I mute myself, turn off my video, I'm doing something else, and when it's my, uh, Pastor Daniel, and I come back and unmute. That's why when I'm doing meetings with my mentees, they must turn on their own videos. Because I know what I do. Uh, oh. <laughs> I, 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 well, well, now that uh, we are confessing. <laughs> so, it's, it's, it, it, you know, you, you get what I'm saying? Somebody can be watching this meeting and zipping tea and cooking and sleep off. You can't compare the effect to the person sitting down here. Pastor Daniel, I just but, want to, no, no, Pastor Daniel, I want to interject before you go. You know, a lot of our, you know, they say there's a joke that if um, Mark Zuckerberg should be grateful to RCCG for the sustainability of WhatsApp. Yes. RCCG optimizes WhatsApp like no other. Over you know, 200 WhatsApp it, groups. It is one of the proofs that you are a member of RCCG. You belong to a WhatsApp, WhatsApp group. <laughs> and um, one of the very, very uh, funny things that happens is, oh, it's prayer time. You're eating Amala, but you're dropping fire emoji. 
fire emoji. If you have done that, shout hallelujah. <laughs> All right. So I just want to show you that you have the audience to nail your point. Yes, please go on. Please no, go on. They are like smileys that you can uh, just show that you are praying. You just put like fire. So like you are part of the prayer. <laughs> when there's a prayer point on the group, yes. you just put fire. fire Instead of you to pray, and you just put fire. want to show that you are, you you are really like three or four. Fire, yeah. fire, fire, fire. <laughs> You know. So, lukewarmness is possible, but like I said initially, I said that there is no software for finding God. It's still the same hardware of pressing in the place of fellowship. Technology will distract you, but distract your distractions. We need to now be intentional in saying that. Now, one of the things I did was that I gave a time before I can come online. Because... You wake up, the first thing you think about is your Instagram or your Facebook. I don't even know how Adela does it. I'm, he's always on his phone. And then, of course, you know, he cannot even live. He, I mean, his life is on that he, phone. No, he, he cannot. cannot, he cannot, he cannot even know, survive cannot, with that. So I don't understand how you, how you maintain a fireful life. And that's what every young person is challenging. Even you are gisting with your wife, you are chatting. And... So, we need to prepare by saying, discipline. I'm going to spend three hours with the Lord every day. Two hours to pray, one hour with the Word. Before this time, no technology. We need to have this hardware. This hardware. And then, I, I introduced my mentees to audio Bible. I had to stop it. Because audio Bible now made hard Bible or... Oh, text difficult to read. So when you want to, you know, you are used to listening and then you can be playing around, you can be just, hey, Shagun, what's up? You are hearing and Abraham said to Moses, hey, what's up, how are you doing? And Mary said to this one. In fact, you didn't hear almost everything that was said in the audio Bible. So I have to now start saying, as you are listening, be reading what you are listening. What you are listening to, be reading it. We need to have this disciplined life for us not to be lost in the midst of this technology. All right. Discipline is the key word. Discipline is a key word. So um, concerning, so Ma, uh, Dr. Obi, I'd like you to just give us that closure concerning the pursuit of career because these days, you see, tech is a major distraction. Everybody wants to become a tech bro or a tech sis. In fact, if you are not teching, then you will end up checking. Yeah, I mean... I was just looking for something to, you know, to balance that. So, so um, how, can, how can we maintain that focus and diligence on the path of, you know, pursuing life's purpose, you know, tech or not, but staying, you know, relevant in the course of things? I would just like that to be your closure so that I can have uh, my brother also close. So, so before I go to that, your question, I want to first affirm all of you. The reason that I'm affirming you is that I love the fact of your truthfulness. You're not sitting doing some uh, grandstanding around being Christians. You're actually being vulnerable to yourselves and saying the things that you do that ordinarily you should be frowning about, right? People would say, oh, you mean you do that? So, you're saying it. You're saying, I did this. And then you're saying, what do I do? 
to not have to do this. Because that's like living a lie, right? When if, if what happens is you, you're busy doing every other thing other than being engaged in something that has to do with prayer, for example. And I love it. I love that you're that candid. Because that's the true Christianity. That you're saying, I am I'm vulnerable. I've done this kind of a situation. That's the kind of Christianity that when you speak to others and you're saying, hey, I'm not presenting myself to be Deputy Jesus right now. All I'm saying is that I'm struggling with some of these things, but here are the mitigations that I am putting around me. And the key one that you said is this personal discipline. I always say to people that those who say, ah, I am corrupt because the system made me to be corrupt, they are the ones that annoy me the most. Because you see, there is no system making you to be corrupt. You see, corruption is a choice. I choose to be corrupt or I choose not to be corrupt. And the reason that people would tend to choose to be corrupt is that they cannot pay the cost of not being corrupt. Oh. Not being corrupt is costly. It is so costly. And if you're someone who has not sat down to follow the directive of Jesus Christ, that if you're going to enter into a battle, you must count the cost. You didn't count the cost. You stood up and said, hey, we're going to change Nigeria. We're going to change Nigeria. And you Nigeria went there and they changed you. You got to, so, so I'm in effect saying, God bless you all for identifying the things that we are not doing well because of technology, but then saying there are ways to avoid it. And that self-regulation, the power of self-discipline, that's what I meant when I said there are some things that we have to depend on the Holy Ghost for, but there are many other things that depend on the choices that we are yes. making. So having said that, I think that this matter of how do we handle the downside risks of technology and uh, not become lukewarm, we have to be people who actually have a statement for, of purpose for the things we do. <laughs> What's your statement of purpose? <laughs> have you ever bothered about it? <laughs> for the things I do, I have a statement of purpose. I'm that ethical. Because, you know, to have to waste my life and then realize that I wasted it, I, I, I would say to God, give me the cane, let me cane myself. So, statement of purpose means that if I have a tool of technology, then I want to maximize the benefit. And what I want to do is minimize the risks. So, in articulating my statement of purpose, I'm going to go in search of knowledge. Do you know that you have knowledge that tells you how to regulate the way that you use technology? You, 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 you don't have to come to a conference to find that. You can find that on the same technology you have. How do I regulate my use of technology? You find the knowledge. 
you take the knowledge, enjoy the knowledge, appreciate the knowledge, and spread the knowledge. Number two is that for us, I think that lukewarmness is an index of people entering into depression. People don't realize that many of them are depressed in Nigeria. It did not, the society depresses us. And so you can be depressed and still show up in church doing hallelujah. And yet you're depressed. So depression can create lukewarmness. And we have to now, as part of your program, you have to have something along mental health and depression issues. Some of these, your friends that you're seeing, are needing to, to find a safe space to talk about the in inadequacies mm. and the feeling of inferiority and lack of accomplishment that they are dealing with. Uh, it's important uh, for us to deal with all of those things. Uh, thank you. Okay, so like I, like I said, I, I, I had concerns that time will not really be our friend because you have, um, you have now brought out new books from the shelf that we all now need to distribute and begin to read and do Q and A's on. But because we do not have that time, um, I would like us to really be intentional about this applause, not because I just want us to clap, no, but because I want us to take what she has just said as a checkpoint. You know when you're playing a video game and you reach a checkpoint, if light goes off and it comes back, you will begin from that checkpoint. Let what she has just said be a checkpoint for you so that when you think back on today, it will be an action point for you to pursue the knowledge that is needed. So please help me give Dr. Obi a beautiful round of applause. Give her, give her, give her a wonderful round of applause. Thank you very much, Ma. Now, um, I'm going to ask um, Honorable... Adiola Abolaji. The next eight years, we've talked about it. He has mentioned discipline, and I think discipline kind of covers everything. Dr. Obi has said, you know, whatever it is you're pursuing, whatever it is you want to do, have a statement of purpose, and let it be the driving force behind all of your actions. Now, governance is a thing that people have lost faith in. All right? Governance is a thing that people have lost faith in. The next eight years, in the face of technology, in the face of being on fire for God, in the face of shining his light, you know, wherever we are, you know, Dr. Obi has said it, P. Daniel doesn't stop saying it, you know, what do you think, I mean, and that will be the closure, what do you think everyone here should go home with as a driving, uh, driving force, you know, in them to ensure that governance across the next eight years begins to take a new shape? And indeed, somebody would say, Youth of Flame Conference happened, and in eight years, we can see, you know, we can see patches of positive impact all around, even when it comes to governance. Okay, um, thank you very much. Um, I'm still trying to soak in the angle she went uh, the towards. But I would want to pick it up from what she said earlier, which is character, what P. Daniel said about discipline, and what she came back to say about the statement of purpose. So I just want to give a little bit of background so that we're just moving. Um, a few years ago, our father in the Lord, Pastor E. Adewe, I remember with the increased church of God, my life, everything is out of CCG. He said he wants to build an auditorium the size of Ibadan. 
60 kilometers by 60 kilometers. How many of us remember or are aware? So, 60 kilometers by 60 kilometers is the size of Ibadan. And presently, the auditorium we have, the biggest one we have on the redemption camp is 3 kilometers by 3 kilometers. If, it, if it's not even exactly that size, it looks like it. The first auditorium is around 1 kilometer by 0 0.8 or 0 0.5. Thank you. And the distance from Bega to redemption camp is what? 42 kilometers. We always say kilometer 42. Abi. Now, someone wants to build an auditorium the size of Ibadan. 60 kilometers. And the biggest one we have now is just less than 3 kilometers. So, which means the size of the auditorium he wants to build is from, say, Bega to the interchange or all the way to Ogere. And I said to myself, I say I'm a member of RCCG. This man is my father. This man is this. This man is that. What role do I have to play in this? And now, that's where the issue of governance now came in. Because it will get to a point, the redeemed priesthood of God will come and say, we want to get a land that is 100 kilometer by 100 kilometer. No Omonile will set such a land to you. Only the government. It's only the governments that can give you. So I went back, I did my research. We said, so hold on, hold on, wait, hold on, hold on. So we checked and we said, all this well, no, we start from the basic no, level. Don't announce the location. Oh, okay. <laughs> so we start from the smallest indivisible unit of government that is present in that location. What is it? The world level. Because at the polling unit level, there are still other levels, but according to the constitution, the world level is what is recognized. So let us start from there. Who is in charge of the world now? When we checked, it was an unbeliever that governs the redemption camp. We checked the local government, an unbeliever. Then we said there was a problem. In 10, 20 years' time, if that's, if that's alpha, and if Daddy Gio comes and he says he wants to build an auditorium of this size, these are the people and that will resist. No. So when we now come in to be councillors, when we come in to be local government chairman, people think that we just go into governance because we just want to bear the name. No, it's because there's a statement of purpose already. Hold on, hold on. So then, remember scripture says all things work together. For who? For good. So wait, you get the land, I bring the people. All right, all right, ladies so, and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen. You see, um, I, I had a fundamental problem when it fell to me to handle a panel session that has the three of them. It was a fundamental problem. And I'm happy that uh, we now all have the same problem. Because right now, the timer is on red, and the points have not been exhausted. But if there is anything, I think um, Honorable Abolaji Adiola caps it up nicely. When, when kingdom goes around seeking the contribution of men to play their roles, will you be in the position where your role would count for the kingdom? I want us to rise on our feet and please give them a beautiful round of applause. Come on, give them a beautiful round of applause. Give them a beautiful round of applause. Give them a beautiful round of applause. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mark. Thank you, Mark. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Please give them a round of applause again. Give them another round of applause. So, uh, don't forget this collaboration when it happens. It will be the governor of Ogun State. I'll be the man of God that will draw the people. Hallelujah.
Did you see it? Can you see it? When I say stadium shall be full, arena shall be full, you are seeing what is sponsoring it now. Now, I am not saying those things because I wanted crowd, but because my father built an auditorium that must be filled. The auditorium must not become a museum after his departure. That is why God has raised me in ROCCG. Hallelujah. Start looking for your team members. One of the things you should do in this meeting is don't go without meeting somebody that can partner with you in achieving prophecy. There's a prophecy hanging over our head. Don't let me talk too much. Uh, we, have, we have an award for... Uh, bring the second one. No, bring the second one. We have an award for... Award of Global, Global Personality Award. To my brother... Honorable Pastor Abolaji Adeola, Outstanding Personality Award for your impact in the body of Christ through music and your intervention in the government. I want to say thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am happy to have pastored you before and I'm happy at what I am seeing that God is using you for, and my future governor. Hallelujah. Please, can you celebrate God's grace upon his life? Pastor Nifem, come now. Help me celebrate the queen. Hallelujah. And we have this award here. Visionary Legacy Award. Presented to Mama and Mentor and Mother of Nations. Dr. Obvious especially for her unconventional, unconventional impact in advocating good governance, transparency and accountability. Thank you very much. Celebrate them, celebrate them, celebrate them. Okay, so we have we have this on the screen. Yes. First, thank you so very much. I wasn't coming here to get any award. Um, I appreciate it. But I want to say that I am so proud of Adeola. So proud. I, I am so 
do you know what it, it feels like? I don't think you can. You know, one of the things that happened after I stepped down from running for president in 2019 was that I went away to look at how it is that the continent struggles to develop. What is it about the continent's politics we're not understanding that's creating this laggard situation? And so I was away in Berlin and did the research. The findings of the research included the need to raise a new political class for the continent and the setting up of a school of politics, policy, and governance that would go all over the continent, but that it would start with SPPG in Nigeria. And we designed this school. Adiola was one of the pioneer students of SPPG. They were the SPPG class of 2021. The person you see is the first fruit of those who went through SPPG getting into elective position. Adiola set the path. We've had class of 2022 after their class. We have class of 2023 in session. The admission process for class of 2024 has started. But guess what? In the 2023 election, 55 of our students were contestants in party primaries of different political parties. Nine of them got their ticket. None of them won, but we're happy. You know why? There was a proof of concept of what God asked us to do. Do you think we will grow that critical mass of new type of politicians for our continent? Yes, of course. I know we are already starting SPPG Senegal in a few months' time. And it will be followed by SPPG Ghana, SPPG um, uh, it, um, uh, Zimbabwe, Namibia, Kenya, and Cameroon, as well as Mali. It will happen. And so I want to celebrate you specially. I don't have an award to give you, but I give you the award of a mother that you will be greater than anything you have ever imagined and that because of you the salt will spread across the entirety of the young people of your generation and that surely this nation will be that nation that will step provocation in the whole world because they will say who did it and the response is already known because our Father in heaven will be glorified in Jesus' almighty name. Amen. Let's celebrate God. Let's celebrate God. Keep clapping. Keep clapping. That was an awesome moment.
Amen.